Beth Moore is a popular Bible teacher, one of the more popular in our country. And recently, she announced that she was leaving the Southern Baptist Convention because of the mistreatment she's received through the years. We just wanted to take a special episode to try to help cut through some of the noise surrounding that. Whether you know about her or not, I think there's some biblical principles we can learn because our goal in this episode is not to figure it all out and not to admonish everyone who needs admonished in this or <laughs> correct it all, but to help draw the church towards unity. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise. Hey, Taylor, how are you? Women shouldn't have authority in the church. Oh, dear. It's in the Bible. It's clearly printed there. Paul says, doesn't let a woman exercise authority. We see that in the requirements for ministers in the Pauline epistles, that it's always a a man who's being referenced uh, with one spouse. And uh, that's just how it is. And if you don't like it, there's the door. So that's it, huh? That's it. There's no middle ground. There's no nuances. We don't need to look at the historical context of when these things were written. We don't need to get into the language or anything. We just need to take the Bible in its plain sense value as it is, as it's written, because, you know, it's God's word to us and we all can read it rightly. Hey, don't go away yet, everybody. (laughs) Yes. Sorry. Okay. That was called parody. I I was joking. But that does seem to be the idea that a lot of people have when it comes to how to read the Bible. How many times have we heard people say, hey, God said it, that's what the Bible says, and that's how it is, and we got to take it that way. Yeah, so uh, when I think about Beth Moore, three things come to mind. Uh, One, she's one of the most faithful and gifted Bible teachers of our generation. Agreed. Two, she has exhibited grace and humility in the face of sinful mistreatment by those who should have been supporting her. Three, with her own experience and biblical insight, she's helped many find the healing of Christ from abuse. And for those who don't understand what's happening, Beth Moore, who's a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, has split ties. She's out. She's not going to do it anymore. And that's what sparked this episode. She uh, came to prominence uh and came to popularity with many people, not on purpose, but she started teaching a small women's Bible study that turned into a huge women's Bible study and really was able to use scholarly, biblically faithful studies that helped many women and uh, in time have helped many men as well. Absolutely. I really enjoyed her books of like 90 Days with David or 90 Days with Paul, uh, her uh, teachings on Esther were absolutely, to me, revolutionary for, for myself, maybe not for the world. But I have learned quite a bit about God, my faith, and my relationship with my neighbor through Beth Moore. And I, I put her up there with one of the most important voices in American Christianity right now. If, if you like in-depth Bible study, get out your Bible, get out your journal, and really dig in, then she's for you. Yeah. Now, got to be careful. There are things that I absolutely disagree with her on, random tweets and things that I go, uh, nope, nope. But that's how we see everybody. It, it's hard for us to find people that we absolutely completely agree with. Sure. But I find myself agreeing with her a lot more than disagreeing with her. Yeah, yeah, I would be the same. So um, this is a strange place to find us in. 
the Southern Baptist Convention is very well known for having a very hard-line reform stance when it comes to women in authority, specifically senior pastoring or having authority over men. Um, and that's going to come from passages like 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where this really beca- became the um, first church's teaching on leadership. Yep. Um, but we got to recognize that was the Bible is going to be read in three different ways. It's going to be read literally, that people are like, that's how it is, absolutely. But we also got to read it historically. We, we need to see the culture that it's being written to. We need to look at the author, the intent, and the audience. And then third, we got to look at it theologically as well. The Southern Baptist Convention has a very specific hermeneutic when it comes to literal, historical, and theological interpretations. Mm-hmm. But you and I aren't Southern Baptist. No, we're not. The, the SBC is the largest denomination on the planet. Yep. And so it has a lot of influence. Uh, but I grew up in a non-denominational uh, setting. You grew up in a Pentecostal setting. Yep, Pentecostal holiness. Yeah, and so what was it like growing up? I was that? told that everybody was made in the image of God and that um, we really took to heart Joel's prophecy that God was going to pour his spirit upon all people, men and women. And then even reading the New Testament, that the first proclaimers of uh, the resurrection of Christ were women. And, and, and I was told from a very early age, women can have spiritual authority, uh, that they can lead churches and that they could pastor. And it wasn't until I got to college that I really kind of started really getting into those particular passages we were talking about. And I began to wrestle with it, not because I was sexist, but because I really wanted to take the Bible seriously. And because yeah. if this is God's word and it is true, how do I deal with that? Yeah. And maybe we'll give a, a full episode to just this topic yeah. at one point. Um, but there's kind of two schools of thought, complementarian, egalitarian. Yeah. And there's many people who meet somewhere in the middle yeah. and have kind of this gracious thought of like, I can understand how you get there, um, but I'm not quite there with you. Right. And I have a lot of respect for those people because I think that's a faithful reading of Scripture where there is lots of nuance in the Scripture about this. Let me just read a quick list. Uh, Miriam and Mary, they sang. Uh, Deborah and Esther, they lead. Uh, the Proverbs 31 woman is a wife, a mother, a giver, a philanthropist, an income earner, a hard worker. Uh, Huldah is considered the most trusted among the prophets by Josiah. Mary and Salome are trusted to be the first witnesses of the resurrection. Uh, Junia is called an outstanding apostle by Paul. Priscilla is a teacher of the scripture and doctrine. Uh, uh, Dorcas and Phoebe are benevolent uh, leaders and givers. Philip's daughters prophesy. In 1 Corinthians 11, which is often used sometimes against women, uh, you actually have to realize that Paul is giving instructions for women when they prophesy or pray. Yep. So uh, when we have people saying, like, there is not one reason in the Bible for a woman to teach or preach— I find that to be an unfaithful reading of Scripture because you have to explain away everything that I just read, which is part of Scripture. Yeah, it's a gross error to make it that kind of blanket statement. Now, there are blanket statements within Scripture, but this is not one of them. It's not. It's not one of them, and I don't think it has to be some slippery slope that means that you throw out the rest of Scripture and say there's nuance with everything. Absolutely. But I think a faithful reading of Scripture shows some nuance here and so that brings us back to Beth Moore. Yeah. Uh, she has been, she has caught abuse upon abuse for 
teaching. And for a while, it was, how dare you teach? And yeah. sometimes it was, how dare you teach at a conference right. where men might be attending? Yeah, no, hold, hold on a second, real fast. All you, of that. You keep using the phrase abuse. What do you mean by yes. that? Because our listeners, you guys yes. may be thinking like, oh my gosh, has, be, has, has there been sexual abuse? Yes. Has there been physical abuse? What do you mean by abuse? That, and that's really important because... Uh, she shares from her own experience some about being a victim of sexual abuse uh, earlier on, and she's helped many women in that same role. One of her um, biggest ministries are to abused women's coming out of yeah. these awful relationships. Which yes. I'm grateful for that ministry. Absolutely. Uh, so within the SBC, she's received lots of verbal abuse. And I, I think we have a clip that, though it did not come from an SBC event, right? Uh, there were many in the denomination that were quick to applaud and to talk like this. So yeah. just to give you the context, uh, this is a very famous preacher named John MacArthur, uh, who is certainly welcomed in many SBC settings, right? Uh, even though he is not himself. And, um, and just to set it up, there's kind of this uh, informal Q and A yeah. hosted by Todd Friel of Wretched Radio. Yes, and so I, I think we just need to listen to this clip so you understand um, kind, kind of, of what the context, we're talking about. Yeah. Let's roll that hideous bean footage. Oh man! Three of you need to give a one or a pithy response to the word. Are you I feel ready? like I'm being set up? <laughs> that is always the case with Todd. Watch out for him. <laughs> He will try to embarrass you. We're going to start on this. Is, this is just kind of touching your toes. Easy, easy setup for you. Let's begin with an easy one. The word is Beth Moore. That's two words. <laughs> Literalist. All right. Dr. MacArthur, Beth Moore. How many words do I get? You know, Actually, and, and before you answer this, please think carefully this time, because last time you did a one-word association, yeah, the guy wrote a book a about trouble, it, and we don't want that. I was thinking of the same word. Okay. Go home. <laughs> well, I, I see we're warmed up. Woof. I hate it. I, mm, I, I hate it to my core. Yeah, and these are men that I respect, right? These are these are powerful voices within Christianity, within the faith, and the name of MacArthur's ministry is Grace to You. Is that a little ironic? <laughs> Gosh, just because I I don't see yeah. any bit of grace in this. I actually see sinful mistreatment of a sister in Christ. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with you. I, I'm very much along the line that a rigid reading of Scripture may not necessarily be sexist. Like for, Absolutely. For people who say things like, well, the Bible does say a woman can't have authority. We want to be faithful to God's Word. Okay, therefore, they must have a different role somewhere. We need to figure out what that is. I don't believe that's sexism. I think they're wrong, but I don't think that they're saying, oh, women are secondhand citizens of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do believe that in that God gives roles, yep. and and that doesn't mean that you're misogynistic. Absolutely, um, and there can be times where we we are mistaken about our roles that we think we're supposed to do one thing or we're going to be somewhere else, and we're clearly not there. With that said, when I hear this, I I if I was in the worst locker room setting in America, yeah, 
with a bunch of kind of guys doing good old boy talk. I don't know that I could tell the difference between that setting and what I just heard. Yeah. It sounds like that. Yeah, and for people who don't know um, a lot of the members of the SBC, or maybe you're just not a, or, or you don't know who certain people are associated with, um, probably the most well-known member who has passed away was, was Billy Graham. Yeah. He, kind of the main um, figure within the SBC. However, um, other uh, members include Paul Washer, Albert Moeller, Jerry Falwell, J.D. Greer, Russell Moore, uh, David Platt, Charles Stanley, and Rick Warren, that these are all people that are a part of the SBC convention. So which is a pretty, that's a, a great variety of people. It really is. It's surprisingly broad. Mm-hmm. And the irony is that I would, I, 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 I would venture that not all of these guys are hard, fast SBC um, towers. No, I don't think so. David Platt, Stanley Warren. I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, huh. So they can do certain things that are, if you will, not perfectly in line with SBC, but not more. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And that's not me throwing shade. That's me going, I see inconsistency. Yeah. Yeah. And I have many good friends in SBC churches and yes. many good friends who pastor SBC churches. This is not reflective on nope. m- members. This is not reflective on all leaders. That That's not what we're doing. If you're a part of the SBC listening to us, continue to spread the gospel, to Absolutely. love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, that's it. That's it. B- beyond that, yep. this is just a really weird situation that we, we have some pretty strong thoughts on. What's happened in recent months is several historically black churches have left the SBC because they feel like the SBC is not a place where they are tolerated or at least celebrated. Right. And it, and they, they feel very much ostracized. And a lot of that has to do with now their political affiliation. Um, yep. There was a lot, I, I remember constantly reading about how pro-Trump that the SBC was. And of all the religious organizations in the States, the SBC has a really loud megaphone and a lot of outlets. So many politicians like Ted Cruz and Mike Huckabee, they're a part of it. Even entertainers um, um, have a platform now and they can kind of promote and do those kinds of things. But Trump's very publicized relationship with the SBC, look at how Trump talked and discussed women and, and how he treated them. And Moore was one of the people who very much said, this is not okay. Look look at how he is treating people. And it seemed to, the general consensus seemed to have been, yeah, it's bad, but it's, it'll be good in the long run. Yeah. Like, like the end justifies the means, which it never does. And to be clear, Moore never actually took a side on the election. She never said, you have to, I encourage you to vote for this person. Right. Um, what she called into caution was she said, hey, I'm hearing lots of leaders say this is the church's hope, yeah. this man. And now that I'm hearing these tapes of him admitting sexual abuse right. on women, uh, do with that whatever you want. She's saying, like, we, we should be really careful about holding him up as the hope of the church right. and idolizing him. So let's be careful of that. And that's kind of what her statement was. But that statement was the moment where she went from being a challenge or annoyance to many in the SBC right. to 
ostracized and on the outs and often attacked. And while some people stood up for her, Russell Moore would be one. Yep. Um, it seemed like their voices weren't loud enough or carrying enough weight yeah. to to help her be truly defended yeah. and help because the it seemed like the tide of many people just turned against her in a really ugly way. It, it really did. And whenever an individual's identity, which is for us as Christians, it comes from how we read scripture, more is very much challenging the, how the SBC interprets certain passages of Scripture and their role within government and who do we support. And, and she's, a, I would say, a very good voice um, uh, of, of conflict. Mm-hmm. And, and not all conflict is bad. I appreciated her tweets, her posts. I thought they were very good and very informative and kind of gave people a different perspective, especially Baptists. He, we're not going to only follow the hard and fast Republican. We're not only going to toe the party line, or but, huh? Maybe maybe there is more. I think you use the word nuance. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe we should be a little bit more cautious with whose flag we wave above the the Bible. Yeah, I think that the church has to be bigger than one political party. Yeah. Uh, And one of the things that my tradition, I love about my tradition, says has always kind of been a rallying cry is in essentials unity. Yep. And and in non-essentials, charity. Charity. Yeah. Um, And so, or I'm sorry, in non-essentials of liberty, and in all things charity. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 I I messed it up. And and so, (laughs) so at at Highland Park. uh, you know, this next Sunday, a a female will be preaching the sermon, and uh, we have some people from our tradition um, who feel like I, I have a I disagree with that biblically. We have the, a, a woman in our church uh, who felt that way, hmm. and she was really frustrated by that at first. Right. But you know what? She we talked to her, we kept communicating, and she came back and she said, "You know, I remember that old statement." In essentials unity and non-essentials liberty. You know, having a female preach a sermon is not an essential to the faith. No, it is not. It is not questioning the deity of Jesus yep. or the resurrection. Um, it is a more difficult biblical stance. So she said, so I can support the church in this even if I disagree. I, I can support the church even if I disagree about this issue. I thought that was such a, a mature Christian thing yeah. for us to learn from. And, and to be perfectly honest, even within our own churches, we have disagreement. Not everybody agrees perfectly thematically with every single word, dot and tittle on the what to believe statement. But, yeah. but we are subjectively all working through our, our faith with, with fear and trembling. Yeah. And so uh, what I want to encourage you to do is, is if you're a Christian leader but it, or if you're just in any kind of context, where your brothers or sisters in Christ are being belittled, then defend them. Yeah. That doesn't mean you agree with everything that you're saying, but you will say that you will be treated better. The, the tragedy for the SBC right now is some of their finest voices have left uh, because some really negative voices weren't dismantled. 
Yeah. And when I even say negative, I would say sinful. I, I think what we heard was sinful. That was a sinful treat, mistreatment of somebody. I would agree. It, it was very much a um, not loving your neighbor as yourself kind oh. of mentality. It's yeah. really, okay, well, is this, is this how you would like to be treated? Is this how you would like to be handled? But how many people would say, well, you know, as a Christian, I got to have thick skin and that's a snowflake mentality. Oh, they're just getting offended at every little thing. Getting offended at verbal abuse and public disrespect? Yeah. Call me a snowflake then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter your position uh, or role or authority or wealth. Um, If you're a human, that mistreatment hurts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we we both like Beth Moore. We've really enjoyed what she has to say. Doesn't mean we agree with everything, but we are, I, I, I say good for Beth Moore. Good. I'm, I'm glad that you are leading, leaving your abusers, as, as, as you've said. I'm glad that you have said enough is enough, and you're cutting ties with an organization that does not appreciate value, at least collectively. Again, there may be some that are sure. very much upset. We, we don't know. All we have are the headlines. All we have are the articles and tweets and the history that we have seen her treated with. Um, my denomination actually had her come speak at one of our conferences. Oh, yeah. yeah and, and we couldn't live stream it because the SBC said no. Wow. Yeah, could be because um, there were men, men that she was exercising it. authority over, and we, we wow. couldn't we couldn't show it. There's so many issues with brokenness in our world, and I just gotta feel like, is that what we're making a deal about? Yeah. Is this <laughs> is this the mountain that we're gonna die on? Yeah. Yeah. It's not for me. Um, you know, and I have friends in the SBC um, who come from historically black churches mm-hmm. who feel pummeled right now. Mm. The, the last few years, they've really felt pummeled yeah. from their conference. Uh, and, other, you know, and individuals support them and encourage them. But they've said, you know what, I'm just going to stick it out and try to be part of the change. Yeah. Bless you. Yeah, I am rooting for you and supporting you. I'm rooting for the SBC, uh, that they will be godly and learn from some of their mistakes yeah. and be a good voice. And some of the mission work they do is fantastic. Um, but I'm also rooting for Beth Moore, and I pray that maybe she can. Uh, it, it feels like she's endured a lot with grace, and I'm thankful that she chose to leave the SBC rather than leave the faith. Because yeah. I've seen that happen yeah. way too many times when people have felt abused in some way yep. by the church. They just say, like, well, I'm running away as yep. far from God as I can get. Some of those people who have left the SBC. Um, and have renounced that faith would include people like Kevin Costner, Brad Pitt, Britney Spears. These were people who were raised in Southern Baptist Mm. convention churches. Uh, Brad Pitt's now agnostic. Britney Spears follows Kabbalah. And uh, Kevin Costner, it's kind of not known at this time, but he has renounced that aspect of it. Mm. And again, that is not a reflection on the SBC as a whole. No. Because this is a nuanced conversation. We can't just say these are villains and she's a victim only. Mm-hmm. But there's clearly been there's clearly been issues of verbal abuse and neglect and sinful attitudes and actions towards her. And um, I'm glad she's leaving. And I, I, I pray that there is justice. I'm not sure what that looks like, but yeah. I hope it's there. Yeah. And. Uh, we decided to do this episode because we care about the unity of the church. Yeah. And sometimes for there to be unity, then p- 
people need to stand up and say, you will not mistreat my sister this way. Yep, enough is enough. And to be perfectly honest, you want to look at one of the most important figures who emphasizes the importance of not only women, but children, and that's Jesus. Yeah. The, yeah. the fact that he's going to treat women and children like they matter, that they have authority, that they get to spread the gospel, and that at the kingdom of God, as Paul says, there is no male or female. There is neither Greek nor Jew. There is no slave. There is no master. It, it's Christ. Yeah, that, the, the word that we see in the New Testament several times when uh, they try to, they, they tell the kids, hey, kids, get away from Jesus, or uh, hey, hey, blind men, quit yelling at Jesus. The word is rebuke. Yeah. Jesus rebuked them. Yep. Hey, we don't want to hang out with the Samaritans. Rebuked. You know, what are you doing hanging out with this woman? And, rebuke. And Jesus has this attitude of like, I will love people. And sometimes in order to love people, I'm going to need to rebuke you yeah. for the way that you're treating them. And I, I think it's important for us to recognize that, I think we've talked about this before, actually, of being far more harsh on our church yep. than the outside world. I, uh, I am, I have very little, the, 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 the older I get, I'm, the world doesn't surprise me with its evil. Right. In, in the most obscene things, I'm like, yeah, well, it's the world, absolutely. It's when I see it in the church yeah. that I get really hot and bothered and just, just, just constantly frustrated. But it also leads me to moments of, yeah, I can be upset and bothered with them. Okay, why? Is it because I think I can do better? Is it because I have my own stuff and at least I'm not being, this isn't being flushed out for me? Or is it because, you know, maybe, maybe there's some sexism in my own heart. Maybe there are, um, and there is an attitude that I need to address. So this isn't us saying, oh, we're so much better. This is us saying, man, scripture is kind of clear and we, we would do this differently not because we're better, but because God loves us yeah, and we love our neighbor. Yep. And if you're someone who's a little skeptical about God's love and the church and you're saying like, see, this is a reason why I will never trust God or yep. I will never uh, be part of a church. See, this is the reason. Um, I, I would just encourage you to think like, well, like why is it that you feel like this is wrong? Is it not because God is a God of justice yeah. who has given you a sense of what is wrong and what is what is good or bad? And I would also just call you, have Have you ever mistreated someone? Welcome to humanity. Yeah. Um, the difference is that within the church, uh, we are called to say like, oh, we're not going to treat people that way. We're going to treat people with love and grace even more than they deserve. And we're still a bunch of imperfect people uh, that God is working on. Yeah. But we see bad actions and attitudes and treatment within the church. Call it out. Absolutely. In, in love with the hope that they would come to repent. Yes. And with the hope that there would be reconciliation. Yep. Um, I had a great conversation with an individual who really struggled with excommunication. Mm. And they're like, that seems counterintuitive. That, that seems anti-gospel. And I said, well, we got to look at the purpose and, and realize that excommunication isn't the initial reaction. It's we talk privately. Then I bring another person to talk, and then we bring it up into the church. Okay, now we're going to do the excommunication. And the purpose of the excommunication is that the separation from the community would bring them to a moment of realization. We had a minister uh, within my conference, or a, 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 a potential minister, who was going through year one of our credentialing process and uh, dropped out. 
and began to live with a woman who he was not married to while married to his wife. Mm. Um, and this was somebody who wanted to be a minister, threatened to sue us for a variety of different reasons. And um, two weeks ago, I got a phone call and he was like, I'm so sorry. I need to fix this. Hmm. And he had this fascinating moment of, you know, prodigal son eating from the pig slop going, what hmm. have I done? And he came and, he came, and I don't want to speak for him at this point, but he came to a census. He's now back in the church. He's been reconciled to his wife. They're working through all these kinds of things. And his statement was, well, I, I really feel like I, I need to get back on track. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's a moment of reconciliation. Yeah. That's, that's a really cool moment of restoration. I'm not going to go into all the process of what we're dealing with behind everything. But the goal should be reconciliation. Yeah. The goal should be a restoration of the body. And this severing, like you said, is not her breaking off from the body of Christ. It's, it's, it's really kind of her moving from one member to another, mm-hmm. if, if you want to look at it that way. Um, but I, I pray for reconciliation. Yeah. I, I pray that there is a restored relationship. Um, I'm convinced, though, that that's going to have to come from the SBC, though, yeah. more than likely. Yep. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, this was kind of heavy, um, yeah. and we hope that you don't feel discouraged, but maybe just motivated yeah. to uh, speak for what is right and good. And if if we can't do it in the smallest of settings, we won't do it in the larger settings. Yeah. And so uh, speak for what is good and just, but always with the invitation of grace and to joining you um, as we move to treat people as Christ would want us to treat people. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth and the noise. And uh, don't miss the next episode as we begin looking at the seven sayings of Christ on the cross over the next three episodes. Don't miss those. Mm-hmm.